Hey guys, how's it going today? Happy Friday. Welcome back. We're glad to have you guys. We know we kind of left you guys hanging for episode five, um, just because I think we needed an emotional break and it was nice to have one. So we posted um, an interview that we did with our friend Elizabeth. We know the audio is a little hard to hear. Um, but we just felt like it yeah, was... Yeah, we're, we're new at this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I appreciate the grace. We um, honestly did it and then listened back and we're like, oh, shoot. The but audio. we thought that the content was definitely worth sharing, so... Yeah, the conversation was so good with her that we, we felt like we couldn't withhold it. So, that being said, we're diving back into our story. So, um, here we go. Um... I don't even know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess before we start, you know, it is, we ha- we just actually this morning had an amazing interview. Totally. With, um, a- a episode that we're going to air later. And it's so exciting. We want to release this stuff, but we know, okay, we need to set the groundwork. We need to put our story out there. And complete that. I think we've kind of left you guys in like the juicy raw. We're getting excited, and but we're we refocused. Pump the brakes. <laughs> yeah. So pump the brakes. Yeah. yeah. Also, just a, a little caveat: we are at my parents' house for the Fourth of July right now, recording in my dad's office in like the front of the house, and um, it's you may hear background noise, so we apologize for that dogs and such yeah, yeah and my parents and my grandparents all live in the same house so you might hear just some background noise so I just wanted to throw that out there but we'll do the best that we can with keeping things moving so yeah so I think where we left it was um I had everything had happened that main night and um was taken to the beach by my parents where it was kind of detoxed detoxing and um yeah kind of reality was setting back in yeah and I ended up staying back that week because I felt like I needed to work is that right yeah I think I stayed back to work yeah and I think it was good we you know I was able to receive counsel on my end Ashton was able to receive counsel on her end and um, just kind of gave us some space to kind of really um, regroup, maybe separately a little bit. Not that we needed, you know, tons of space. I think we had kind of done a lot of talking, but maybe just some time for Robert to clear his head and then come yeah. back to me. So I was with... def- definitely still foggy. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was a good move. So he went down to the beach with his parents and I ended up staying back. But midweek, I got a call from Robert Um telling me that he was looking at a facility in Charlotte called Hopeway, which we'll come back into our story later. But he was looking at going in, and it would be a 30-day stay. And at that time, that felt extremely daunting to me. And I burst into tears, and I just said, I need to come to the beach because I feel like if we're taking you to this facility tomorrow, I need to spend time with you. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't just me, you know, it was other people advising, it was my parents. It was your, psycho- your yeah, psychiatrist, it was... your parents. I mean, I felt the same way. I, I felt strongly about it, too. I think it came sooner than I had anticipated, and also I think the... I don't know why the 30 days really hit me, but I think it did. It hit me, like, 
that's a month. Well, I think I'd been so distant for a while. Yeah, that's and true. And then this, you know, complete shut off totally. for 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we uh, looked into that, started emailing some of their um, reps, and it basically ended up where they wouldn't take my insurance. And we tried every loophole. Um, we were going to switch me to Ashton's insurance mm. and try to have it covered that way. They also didn't have a bed for like a, another three weeks. Yeah. And, so and that was In this place, work. like Ashton said, it, it does come back into the story and um, highly, highly recommend. And, you know, you'll, you'll see why later on. Um, but this place is very top notch. Yeah, it's a newer facility. I think it was built in 2017. So it's definitely um, a newer facility and it's privately owned. So yeah, that is also something that I feel like is really, you know, had had a lot of things going for it. But at that point in time, we all kind of sat down, Robert, his parents, and myself, and discussed financially why we couldn't make Hopeway work at that point in time. Um, yeah, also, it was a pretty penny. It, yeah, sure. I mean, it was going to be upwards of $30,000 for you to go there. And yeah. if, especially if insurance wasn't taking to it. Um, so and that... And the, th- the delay, the three weeks. Right. So there's a lot of things kind of spinning. And... Yeah, um, three weeks felt like a long time. And we were so naive, you know. We had no idea really what we were doing, what we were even looking for. Um, I was covered you know, by, uh, the VA healthcare. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we had this conversation, we kind of talked it all out and uh, that was I, a I pretty long I ended up reaching out to a girl from church. Yeah. Um, shout out Lauren Jones, who we also want to have on the podcast at a later date, but, um, she actually works in mental health, um, at UNC and I knew that she had, maybe some connections at the VA hospital. And so I reached out to her to see if there was um, a potential VA hospital in North Carolina that she would recommend over the others. So there is one in Durham. There's also one in Salisbury, North Carolina. And she said that she had heard better things about the the acute care, which was like a 14-day stay um, in Salisbury. So that's what we decided. We called them. He had to enter through the ER. Mm -hmm. So we decided because his sister had just had a baby and we also, um, his other sister was in town from Texas. So we were decided to maybe wait a few days, like go home that weekend, regroup, repack. And then that Saturday morning, his dad and I would drive Robert to Salisbury, which was about an hour and a half and drop him off at the, um, emergency department and, and get him taken into their their program yeah and um at that point i had there was a part of me that someone had lost control a little bit where you know this the suicidal ideations were just so bad Mm -hmm. where you kind of like i said lose control and so there is that part of you that's like okay i I need help yeah i need help some something's not right and um I'm a little bit scared. Yeah. And I need to be, you know, in a, a safe place. Um, and so, you know, it was a free 
place and we had this connection that said it was um you know she'd heard good things and so that's what we did and um, And i think at the time too and this isn't the end of the it's not that i needed to babysit you but your mom and I both felt like there needed to be someone with you because you were not in a place to make the right decisions on your own. And I needed to go back to work and your mom had other things that she needed to do, obviously. Like, yeah, you know, and like, I hated it, but life. I needed it. And yeah. And, um, and so I think there was also a little bit of relief that came along with the fact that you were going to be under 24 hour care yeah. And it was kind of a time for you to just, you didn't have the option of leaving. You didn't have the option of getting what you wanted as far as drugs go. It really caused you to kind of sit down and think through things a little bit more, which I do think. It stripped away every crutch. Yeah. And, and I think that that it, was good. What it gave some, me was time. Some aspects. I think it was good. Yes and no. Yeah. Um, maybe there was too much time on your hands. I don't think that they really kept you occupied. I mean, so we went into the VA through the emergency department. Robert had to get checked in and told them basically that he was having suicidal thoughts. And would like to talk to a psychiatrist. Yeah. So, um, we were sent to a room that was, I mean, it was just like a rubber bed. I think that was all that that was in that room. Yeah, and I remember it was, um, my dad had to park the car, but it was me and you Mm -hmm. waiting in the room, and then my dad came, Mm -hmm. and we, I mean, it's like, what do you kind of talk about at that moment? Yeah. I I don't even remember. I think we tried to keep it pretty light, but I think we all had, I I was not doing well. I I was crying at the drop of a hat. I just would look at you and start crying. And and it's, it's, um... You know, it's a hospital, but, it, you know, it's a little rougher. Yeah, it and, was like back to the 1960s, here we come. Yeah, and, you know, they grabbed me, and I changed into some scrubs and some, some like, Velcro shoes, mm-hmm. like you see in the movies, and they it was... Made, they checked your body they, to make sure yeah, you didn't have anything full, on you. Yeah, sweet. Um, we went through your bag and they had to take out anything that could potentially cause harm to yourself or anybody else. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I remember like hardback Bible you had with you. They took that out. Mm -hmm. Um, so things like that, we, you know, the psychiatrist came in and she evaluated Robert and And everything, belts, watches, anything like that. Straps, toothbrush. And so she came in and she evaluated you and she really felt strongly that you needed to be admitted just by talking to you and you telling her your story. And I think we talked about this on episode four and I remember her asking, why didn't you come to the hospital sooner? Yeah. Why did you wait a week? Especially when we got into the whole, the drug part. Yeah. And she was really confused by that. Um, and she, she did tell us like, I really think that this would be good for you. I think this would be a good stay. It's an acute program. So max, I think it's like 10 to 14 days, um, that you'll stay here, but you know, you'll kind of enter into the program. So in our heads, I think we were both hoping for the best in terms of a program. So more like what you eventually got, but this was very much so, a locked facility for anyone and everyone who was struggling with withdrawals, with, um, 
you know, schizophrenia with multiple personality, like anything that you can think of that somebody could potentially be struggling with that maybe would seem like they're not quite there mentally or even just struggling with suicidal ideations um, was at this acute yeah. facility. And there was, I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, I, you know, I definitely felt the weight of it when they started really like check my whole body they made sure i didn't have i mean like hardback it books. felt like you were going to prison i was like oh man okay um and then yeah they gave me a quick second to say my goodbyes and they buzzed the door it was and... the hardest thing for me to watch robert walk through the double doors and i kept standing there waiting for him to turn around and look at me and i i just you never did and i i don't know if it's because you couldn't i don't know if you just didn't want to look back. I don't know, but I just remember walking outside and just losing it with your dad and your sweet dad just tapped, like patted me on the shoulder and hugged me and we got in the car and we rode home in silence for an hour. And it was exactly what I needed. It it was, I didn't want to talk. It was the sweetest, you know, time, but I think watching you walk away was so hard, so hard. Yeah. I know what you entered into was not easy either. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I really don't, I don't think I could look back. Yeah. Um, I was very nervous. Yeah. It was like, there's a part of me that's like, okay, I need to be here. And we made the right decision, you know, like repeating this in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, a part of me that's like, no, you this is completely blown out of proportion. I'm wasn't that bad. This is way too seriously. I could fix this on my own. Yeah. You know, all of this, um, which I couldn't at the time. And yeah, that first night was rough. Um, they, uh, you know, several locked doors later, they open it up and it's the L shaped ward, um, single story. And, um, there was like a TV room. I remember just like, it's it's really what you'd imagine in the movies. That's what I thought at least. You know, kind of like one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of thing. In the sense of just people walking around and... Basically pajamas. Pajamas. Um, you know, some there, some not. Um, it was definitely heartbreaking. Uh, you know, I have to say the staff... I met some really, really nice people there. Yeah. And um, people that really cared um, and did what they could with mm-hmm. what they were given. Um, there's a few nurses in particular where when it was their day or their, you know, they were in the morning shift or whatever. It was, it definitely like brightened my day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they took me in and um, they assigned me a room and... Uh, it, there's it's like no doors um i walk in and it's just a rubber bed with like and there's no ledges or anything and and there's two beds and i remember walking in and there's a guy sleeping in the bed next to mine probably about six feet away you know the, the beds were and he um quickly jumped up grabbed the pillow and like swang at me uh, or swung, <laughs> swang, swung. I don't know. <laughs> Swingsies. Uh, Swingsies. Um, yeah. And 
come to find out, I mean, he was just coming off the street. I, you know, I, I ended up talking to him a lot. Obviously, he's my roommate, but um, he had been like going on a four-day crack binge and um, was missing teeth. You know, complete blackout. Yeah, didn't his pastor? His pick pastor him up picked him up. His wife had called, and he had um, been dropped off there. But and he, but he was like in withdrawal and very violent. And it, I remember being like, oh my goodness, like I didn't sleep that night. Um, just so anxious and really on guard with this guy sleeping next to me. I mean, he was shaking and mumbling and sweating and, you know, frail, so frail. And I think something that I was going through, Robert called me that night. Um, I had gone to get dinner with your brother and sister well, sister, well, yes, all of them, the above, your mom, and then um, a few of our nieces and stuff. So I remember you calling me and I stepped outside to answer it. And I remember you sounded so sad and I was deflated when I heard you sound so sad. And I, I, I remember telling my mom, like, he just seems so sad and I don't know why and I mean, like, I do know why. I, I know why. I think in my head it was like, this is his opportunity to get fixed, to get right, to, to like be a healthy man, be about healthy husband and all this stuff, be a leader. And and so I was so deflated that you were so sad. And my mom was like, Ashton, he's not going to a resort spa. He's going to basically like a mental health locked facility. It's not going to be fun it's going to be hard. And that was kind of my reality check of, yeah, you're right. He's not on vacation. And this isn't like a detox spot. It's, it is hard. And this is something that is not going to be easy for him. Yeah, there was, and it's sad. I mean, I don't want to harp on anything too much and I, I, I don't know enough to really speak on it. I just know my experience. You know, I think the VA is definitely underfunded in that way. Yeah. And, you know, there were maybe two very, very poorly thought out classes a day that would last 30 to 45 minutes. And if you were lucky, they'd be in the, you know, chained porch outside so you could get a little fresh air. And, um, and, you know, they'd be over topics like anger or something like that. And it's not that they were wrong in any way. It's just besides that, you had nothing to do. And it was very clear to me, this is not, this is a holding cell. This is not where you go to get better. Yeah. And I think something to, ca- like, to counter that with is... It was acute. It was acute. But yeah. also, if that's all you have available to you, then, like, by all means do that yeah i mean you have to recognize privilege in the sense of like being able to go to a private facility that you know is bukus of money because your certain insurance was willing to pay for it eventually is is definitely something that like not everybody is capable of doing and we talked about that with elizabeth too with eating disorders and mm-hmm. it's if, if you are a veteran and that is all you have available to you, then that is a great place to go because you have a bed, you get three meals a day, and you have nursing staff that will take care of you. And it's good people. And 
they do so it was acute and so there are levels to that so you would go for that initial few days and then kind of make a game plan and then you'd go into partial and then so on and so forth so you know the entire thing would maybe be a few months right um if if you wanted to be if I you mean, stayed in like kind of the va process right and they had talked to us they did not have um we wanted something that coincided so we wanted something with an addiction like route that coincided with mental illness because oftentimes those go hand in hand however the va only had addiction addiction or the acute stay and that was it there was not like a Mm -hmm. long-term stay with both that would tackle both plus like most of the people i got to know and would be sent to washington state new york um just all over it is where the bed opened up Mm -hmm. and so you know i guess quickly we was like okay what are we going to do next yeah and you know, in that moment, I'm like, I'm better. I'm good. I'm good. I'm done with this. Yeah. I've seen enough. Um, and very starting to get a little, I don't know, bitter is the right word, but I lost a little hope thinking like, yeah, this is not going to help me. Um, yeah. And I think as far as... And, so, and there was things... Sorry to control. You're good. You're good. Well, I mean, there was things... So the majority of the day, just to give you a rundown, um, our food, it was very kind of military-esque. It brought me back to like a basic training kind of thing where, you know, they open up this food area, bring it in, it's like hot plates, and you quickly eat, and this guy's like, you know, making you go as quick as possible so he can get out of there and leave for the day. And um, I remember actually that, that frustrating me. Um, I was talking to a um, really older gentleman. His name was James, I believe. And he had uh, Alzheimer's. It was Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Old timers. Yeah. And, I mean, crazy, crazy story. Um, he was a lawyer. He went to Carolina back in the 70s, played basketball, um, like national championship, all this stuff. And it's like, whoa, this is crazy. But, you know, he's older and should be respected and he's eating and he eats a little slower and this guy's like hurrying him along and it's like, man, it's been 20 minutes, like cool your jets. Yeah. And um, I remember there's like a few of us younger guys that like led a little rebellion and like wouldn't get up until this guy finished because it's like, you know, you can wait half an hour and let us have a little decent dinner. Yeah. You know, um. But yeah, the day to day, I would say two hours would be um, these little classes. Uh, real quick, they had a Catholic service on Sunday, um, which was okay, um, encouraging in the moment for sure. I think I needed it. You did. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I mean, and I was gonna also say, you know, from a wife standpoint. I was an hour and a half away from you living back in Durham. So I would drive and my visitation days, you know, their visitation was for an hour and I think it was from like six to seven. Um, and so I came, you, when you first got there, you were on like a 20 or 48 hour 
quarantine basically. So they don't allow you to have any visitors for 48 hours when you first get there for like a psych eval. So they want to watch how you're coping with that. And I was able to come for the Monday night visitation. And so I did. And, you know, you get there, there's no one outside to tell you where you're going. You kind of just have to figure it out. Um, I sweetly met the most amazing woman who was so kind and who was the mother of your this roommate. guy that no not oh. my roommate he was a, a good he was a, a marine that just suffered with really bad PTSD yeah and she was so and sweet I, and I got just pretty close with them actually hugged me in the hallway I didn't even know her and just you know encouraged me and she just said you look so young to be dealing with this um, but and she ended up finding me on Facebook later and messaging me just encouragement and really just encouragement from the Lord. And that was amazing to me. But, you know, we get in, we have lockers that we have to put all of our stuff in. We're not allowed to have cell phones. Nothing is allowed to come in with us. And we have to get um, searched just to make sure that we don't have anything on us. And then we would get led into basically like a conference room. It looked like a conference room with like a giant table and like cushy chairs. And a nurse sat in there and you guys were called brought in yeah Yeah. i mean it genuinely felt like prison yeah i mean that's basically what it was and then we had an hour to sit and talk together in this conference room with everybody else who ever had visitors yeah so that was my one interaction with you everything else would have been over the phone for 15 minutes you had 15 minutes to call me 10 it was 10 minutes and so it it was like a pay phone and i mean good news is that i learned your phone number Praise the Lord for that. <laughs> now it's seared in my memory. Um, so, yeah, I think just all of this, like seeing all of this as an outsider and then hearing how hard it was for you on the inside, I think really drew out my sadness. So when you called me and you said, they're letting me go today, I'm like, great, let's go. Yeah. So I drove and picked you up. I No hesitation to come get you you're like jumping forward well i mean you're getting to the end of the va yeah do you feel like there's more to share well i was gonna share um a little bit more about the day-to-day okay maybe that's not you know just you know well i guess a huge issue that i had was when i first got in there they put me on an antipsychotic Mm, yeah, I forgot about this. At the max dose. Mm. Because they were like, we got to bring them out of the manic episode. I think, didn't your psychiat- psychiatrist put you on that prior to you going in and they upped it? He put me on the lowest dose. Right, and they upped it. To the max dose, yes. Correct. And um, one of the side effects is restlessness. And, and y'all, like, there's, okay, I can't really sit still. And... It just feels like you've, it, it felt like that feeling of like you have to sneeze or you have to itch something constantly. And being in a confined space with that, um, I mean, I've talked to doctors after this and they were absolutely surprised that I was at such a high dose. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I felt like they understood the struggle because I'm like, I mean, I felt like I was going. Plus, you were still on your medication that had been doubled prior. Correct. Correct. So you're on like double whammy of 
two medications at the highest dosage that you should have been on. And so I remember literally pacing out the L footprint and figuring out that eight laps was a mile. And so, I mean, this sounds so sad, but you, 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 you try to use the time wisely, but at the same time with all this going on, I was just trying not to go crazy mm-hmm. um, because it's locked. You can't do anything. And there's like one TV that works and, you know, I'm not the type of personality who's like going to be a commanding force, you know, when there's all these Vietnam vets that want to watch the news. You know what I mean? It's like, okay. Um, so I just, I would pick up a handful of puzzle pieces and put them in my pocket and would do laps and drop them on a table to count how many I'd done and probably walked four to six miles every day. And I had, Ashton had brought me a little Sudoku book Mm -hmm. and I just did Sudoku and, um, yeah, that was really hard. And I remember there was a part of me that knew like I had written it off, like, okay, I am not going to get help here. Or I'm not, I don't want to be so... I think they started the process, but you needed someone to continue it afterwards. So they started the process of weaning you off of the drug that your prior general practitioner had doubled you on. Yeah. That kind of sent you into the spiral. They started weaning you down off of that and sent you home with a schedule of how to continue to wean you off of that. So that, I mean, I think that there were things that they did that they recognized needed to be changed. And and yeah, and and that was part of the acute stuff. Okay, let's figure out... What we can do right now. Big things, yeah. And, And then I think it was like, you need to continue in care... But at that point, you were so over the hospital stay that you got out. So I think you got out on a Thursday. So I was like, I'm going to get out as soon as I can, however I can. So we were like, oh, yeah, we're doing this Hopeway thing. I talked to the doctor there. Like, yep, that's going to be my follow-up. I'm going to head to Charlotte. Um, that was at the other place. That wasn't it? Mm-mm. No, oh. you just came home. Oh, Oh, and then follow-up would be in Durham. That's what it was. Yeah, and you were going to go back to your Durham. Sorry, it's been a while, y'all. Your mom came to stay with us because it was a Thursday that you got out. And then, you know, I think I worked that Friday and Saturday. So she hung out. She stayed with me. Yeah. And, yeah, I remember. That Saturday you were extremely exhausted or something, and you decided to drink two energy drinks. Does this ring a bell? Yes. And I came home from work. And you were beside yourself. Yeah, full, full blown anxiety attack. Um, Which we do attribute to the energy drinks. And I think that that's a good time to just interject. I'm not going to tell y'all, because again, we reiterate this all the time we are not professionals. <laughs> However, what we have learned is something that really triggers Robert is energy drinks or uh, caffeine, heavy amounts of caffeine. Heavy amounts of caffeine. Um, is definitely a trigger for him for his anxiety and, and this is coming from i mean i i drank those like crazy in the military you did however when you were at the va you're not getting any caffeinated coffee right true yeah there's no caffeine no caffeine and you're not allowed to have any nicotine so dipping actually they gave me some gum which was nice okay but like they weren't giving <laughs> you like dip yeah um so i think like getting you detoxed for seven days and then you go into a Saturday and you drink two energy drinks and you're through the roof with anxiety. Yeah. Just absolute panic attack. 
Um, depression was very low, very, very, very low, absolutely hopeless, um, really just in a moment of darkness. And uh, the, I mean, I remember, I remember the suicidal thoughts being so bad, I couldn't make them stop. You know, I remember walking into the kitchen mm. and seeing, like, the knife set. Mm-hmm. You told me this. And it, it just, in my mind, like, I'm not thinking it. It just is coming. It's it's in my head of, like, grabbing the knife and doing something with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Something terrible. I mean, and... you you were crying a lot. And you were, and I, I mean, I walked in on this. So I was really confused, like, being at work all day and then walking into this and being like, what the heck happened? Because things were pretty good. Yeah, and this is this is next day. It was like well, Thursday you got out, and then Friday was like a great day. We had like a date day. We went and got coffee. We had so much fun. We went for an amazing walk, and then it was like Saturday. I go to work and I get home, and you're just weeping in the kitchen and telling me and your mom that you genuinely wanted to kill yourself, and you looked at both of us and you said, I need to go to the hospital right now. Yeah. And I said... Now, that was when I really was like, I'm not in control anymore. Um, And I I know it's like, this place didn't really help me. And I'm really bad with giving up all my freedom. (laughs) But, like, (laughs) I can't stay here. I mean, you know. So I think that's what we did. We, I mean, I looked up. I remember I called Duke emergency because we were in Durham. So I called Duke and they said that their wait was like two and a half hours. I called UNC and they said, we will take him immediately. We, do, it, we don't play around with suicidal ideations. Yeah. We will take him immediately as soon as he walks in the door. So I said, obviously, a no-brainer. We're going to Chapel Hill. As much as that killed me go Wolfpack. Um, (laughs) but so we drove, we drove to Chapel Hill and, um, I parked the car, I think, and your mom went in with you. Yep. And I just, I I didn't know what to say. I I walked up to the lady and she, you know, a reason for your visit. (laughs) It's like, um, suicidal ideations. And she just looked at me and was like, okay. And they like, I guess said the code or something and mm-hmm. some guy immediately came out and grabbed me. Yeah, I mean they don't take it lightly, which is amazing. They said I mean it is Chapel Hill, they said that if you mention it to anyone on staff, they immediately respond. It yeah. is there is no wait time. So um which don't do that if you're not feeling that way. <laughs> don't use that to your advantage sorry I just feel like that was something that kind of clicked in my head of like somebody I don't know anyways moving on (laughs) um so they took you back and there was a lady who was your nurse and I mm, we did not get along but she she wouldn't let me in the room she wanted to just be with you and I know that it was her protectiveness coming out and they teach that like as a medic they would teach like it doesn't matter what the rank is or who this person is. You are the leader. You command the room. Yeah. If you're the head, whatever, nurse in that situation. So I remember you getting very frustrated and rightly so. I understand. She wasn't nice about it. No, I think she that wasn't. was the thing. Yeah. But I, I remember understanding why. It's like, okay, I've got this person. I don't know how how severe it is. <laughs> the ambulance. Ambulance goes is by. going behind us. Um <laughs> 
sound effects yeah, for you guys remember, at our hospital stay. <laughs> yeah, I remember like hearing you kind of like getting a little mad at her in the hallway. I just said, you can be kind. Yeah. I said that to her. I said, you could be kind. This is hard for me too. And she just kind of ignored me and turned around and walked away, um, which is whatever. I mean, your mom, I think, kind of like yeah. gave me a thumbs up of like, you go, girl. <laughs> Get it. Um and they keep coming. Yeah, we're, Man. it's like we're at the hospital right now. We just want we guys. We want you to feel like you're. We edit with us. this in. We're getting so <laughs> tech savvy that we're bringing this in. Um, I hope everybody's okay. But so, anyways, you know, I think you went and got kind of the initial examination done of like your blood pressure. You know, yeah, they pulled blood work. They did EKG. Um, why you what? What your, like, reason for visiting. You talked to a PA, what your reason yeah, for well, visiting was. Yeah, well, before I talked to the VA, or the PA, PA, sorry, um, they put me in a waiting room, and it was about the size of a bathroom stall with a, lo and behold, rubber chair. <laughs> and um, they stuck me in there for a solid 20 minutes. It was long, and because... Your mom, dad, and I were sitting in the waiting room waiting for this all to happen, and it was game day at Carolina. And there was a sad boy who I guess was a freshman and had drank way too much and was vomiting all over himself beside us. So that was our entertainment. Yeah, I remember seeing him, actually. It was so sad. Yeah. Your dad was like, Do I just, should I just go pray over him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember in that room, some weird stuff happened. I think I was just, my mind was going a million miles a minute. I think I was still in this And the anxiety. medication that you were on was still the highest that it could be. Yeah, so I was Plus, still on this high medication. I was still on this other medication that literally makes you... Hallucinate. Yeah, crazy. Plus the jacked up amount of caffeine. And um, yeah, I don't really know how to describe it, um, but I just remember seeing... Um, demonic faces mm. all over the floor moving into the walls and um yeah i started to pray that was like the first time i prayed in a while you mentioned that to the pa and he kind of brushed it off yeah and which I is don't... probably something well i mean you honestly need to be honest with you know i think people, you told but... me you told me later about that and i remember being like oh yeah Maybe we shouldn't tell people about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it was. I can't put it in a box, but it is what it is. Um, I was, they had put me on some heavy stuff. But so. praise the Lord, that hasn't happened since. No, or it didn't happen prior. Yeah. So it was just a weird night. Just a weird, weird night. And um, so the PA came in. I talked to him for a while. I just told him my story and kind of what had happened. And... Eventually, they came and got me um, with the hospital security. Um, I quickly said my goodbyes again. And, or, no, you felt, you followed me. We you went, were able to come up. We went yeah. We, it was two at a time. So we were, you were able to have two visitors at a time. Yeah. Again, Sorry, guys. It's this a lot. It's a needs lot to for, be um, We had to put everything in lockers. So we were not allowed to have our phones or our purses or anything like that. It You were in. A room that was closed off by a curtain. So everybody's rooms opened up by curtain. Mm -hmm. You had one rubber chair, a TV in a glass box with rubber corners, 
and a rubber bed. And that was it. Which for a guy with a bad back, two slip discs, these these beds, y'all, <laughs> they were killing me. And with the wrap sheet I had, it was like, um, here's some Tylenol. Yeah, we're not going to give you anything. Yeah. So we followed Side you note. up. And I think your mom and I went in first. I'm pretty positive your dad sat outside, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Your mom and dad kind of just traded off taking turns of who was going to go in. And again, you know, they changed me. They they searched me mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. So at that point, the psychiatrist, we were waiting for him to be evaluated. So visiting hours were from like 9 to 9, I think. Um, but we were after 9 o'clock and they told us that we could wait with him until he was evaluated. So we did... And the psychiatrist came and spoke with you. By, by a psychiatrist. Yes. Yeah. The, the PA was just like the ER. Just getting you up, yeah. up there. Um, so the psychiatrist came and spoke, wanted to speak with you privately. Mm-hmm. And then she wanted to speak with. No, she spoke to y'all first, remember? And then she came back to y'all. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. We're mixing our story all around. It's been a while. It is. It Honestly, has. it's not like we tell it. No, we've often. never told it. And I think yeah. that we also try to block it out a little bit. And I feel like we are drowning on and on and on. I don't know if this is entertaining or interesting at all, but maybe. But um, she spoke to us first and sat with us outside and, you know, wanted to know your history, why why we were there, kind of what had happened, We, you know, basically just filling her in on everything. And then she wanted to go speak with you privately. And she did. Um, and, you know, she had left. I remember you telling me she had left that feeling like, or telling y'all, he'll probably be released um, tomorrow morning or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of like a casual thing. And then she came back to us after she spoke to you. And she looked at me and she said, I am submitting for him to be transferred to an acute facility through north carolina um i feel like there is no hope in his eyes and i feel like he has lost any will to live and i felt crushed i felt crushed by that i you know this is silly as a christian you know i know that the lord needs to be your only reason i think as a wife I wanted to be a reason that there was hope. I did. And again, silly, it's not an accurate way of thinking, but a part of me was like, man, is there like is there no reason to live for me? But she told me that. But you're so messed up in your thinking. I know. Where oh, I know that you know. I'm just saying you you almost look at it as I'm such a burden on everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's it's not, not how we feel. Yeah. It's more of just like, I want you to be you. I want you to be whole again because I've known you as that person. And so I think it was just hard to hear that. And it kind of was like this shift, this pivot in what we knew was going to come. And then it was like, no, I'm I'm admitting him to a hospital stay. And so... Um, that was when we were advised by her that, um, and I know we spoke about this with Elizabeth, 
In North Carolina, I don't know how this works nationally, but you basically get put into a lottery. So Robert's name would be put into a lottery at that point in time because she felt so strongly about it. And because he had admitted himself into Carolina's um, system, she would now present this to him and he would have the option to become a involuntary um, patient, which basically means that he strips himself of his rights and he is now becoming a ward of the state. So just the same as a prisoner is the ward of a state um, or a foster child, um, Robert would now become a ward of the state. He had the option to deny that, but we all felt like if this doctor is seeing this in him, we need to adhere to that because we got out of the VA two days prior and here we are at the emergency room. Why would we not do this? Well, yeah, and first of all, she never explained what that meant. She never she used that terminology. I think she said you, you're going to become involuntary. Gonna, However, no, she said you're going to become involuntary. That's it. I, th- I think she did explain it to us more. I think where things went awry is she then told us that once you got to where you were going, you walk in the door, you become you a patient. Back. You would tell them, I would like to become voluntary. And we later found out that that's not an option. And that's not how it works. Spoiler alert. Well, sorry. But I think... Um, yeah, so all these things are like, okay, this is what the doctor's saying. It's like literally it should be an hour of me getting transferred. And then I just go back to voluntary. Like, what's the big deal? Um, right. And then and- it's everything she's telling me is very delayed. She'll, she'd leave. She'd come back. Hey, so by the way, um, so you're not alarmed. Tomorrow... Um, the sheriffs will be coming and they're actually legally they're required to put you in handcuffs and they're gonna they're gonna chain you all up you know your feet your hands and um you know and then they're gonna they're gonna transport you like like that and i know it's not great but it's just it's the law in north carolina and like i said it's just for the transfer and then you'll be able to switch back and i again Mm -hmm. We, I did not love this psychiatrist. Um, I remember there was a RN that was training. She was not ex- liking any of my jokes. No, she didn't. I remember, like, even in that moment, I was trying to be goofy, and she was, had, man, yeah, she was stern. Yeah. So, you know, there there was an RN that was training under her and it was like her first week. Maybe, maybe it was longer. I loved her. She was phenomenal. Your nurse, phenomenal. Susan, that was her name. She, she was, was great. Amazing. She and, gave me extra cookies. <laughs> um, we loved Susan and she was on both days that you were there. And so it was kind of explained to us, you know, Robert's going into this lottery and we, we will not know where he's going to be placed in North Carolina. Here is a list of all the places he could go. It can go um, anywhere in in North Carolina, basically. And so that's kind of where we left things. And um, I went home that night and, you know, we'll pick up with the rest of it next week. And we'll leave you guys on a big cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't sleep that night. <laughs> but... Yeah, we'll uh, keep going next week. Thanks, y'all, for listening.